It's time for revival. Our faith level introduction for the new year is selecting powerful messages from Pastor Polite's audio archive. The month of March and April will reflect understanding the church's function and the believer's role as we look forward to reaching souls for Christ as we kick off this season's revival. Today's message, Understanding the Church's Function. Enjoy! Here's the thing, neighbor, 
And many of those people that was following Jesus were disciples, right? As a matter of fact, I think in the book of John, it says after Jesus was talking to them concerning uh, they got to eat, eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, they said, man, you crazy. We're not going we, we to do that. He sounds like he's a cannibal or something. And the Bible says that many of his disciples, they said a key word, their disciples turned back from following Christ. Isn't that something? But here's the thing, neighbor. G- even Jesus stopped the free feeding program. He said, you followed me. Come on, neighbor. Not because of the miracles, but you followed me because your bellies were full. Mm. <laughs> Come on. Amen. Praise God. And, and then, and then uh, respect, respectively, uh, there's many scriptures that uh, in, in the Bible talks about the poor. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. Right. In other words, he's making that statement because he was getting ready to to leave. And, or, or in one other case, he was he was dealing with uh, uh, rebuking Judas when Mary had broke the alabaster box for the ointment of oil and began to uh, anoint Jesus. And Judas was saying, why did you why did you do that? We could have took that oil and gave it to the poor. But Jesus already knew what, why he said what he said. And Jesus rebuked him in, indirectly and said, the poor you have always. In other words, you have a whole lot of time in your day, in your week, in your year or whatnot to, to give something to, to the poor. But when it comes to opportunity, come on, neighbor, to do the wheel outside of just free stuff, you know, and trying to find, pat the books on doing something that we say is colloquially righteous, Right. When we go from a biblical standpoint and we start to really look at what God wants us to do, man, that's when you start to really see doors open, things manifest, because it, because one of the things is it's hard to be able to serve God and, and then try to work in the community uh, when we're out of the will of God. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, let's go into the word. Let's, let's do a little bit more depth and depth detail uh, discussions and concerns to tonight's message. So glad everyone joined me tonight. Let's get ready to go into the word of the Lord on tonight. Uh, look at it. Look what it says in the text. If you go to Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians in chapter 12 is where we want to start our reading for tonight. Second Corinthians chapter 12. And the Bible says in verse number one, it says in. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was called up to the third heaven, and I know such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body I do not know, God knows how he was called up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my affirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool. I will speak the truth, but I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he, he sees me to be or hears from me. Verse 7, unless I should be exalted above measure, by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a message of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my firmness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in affirmities and reproaches and needs 
in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. But when I'm weak, then am I strong. May the church say amen. Amen. Uh, Paul uses uh, the second and third, or we would say the third person, uh, when he first starts out the chapter chapter 12 of Second Corinthians. Uh, you're going to find a lot of wordplay like that in the New Testament, of course, from the Apostle Paul and uh, maybe some of the others. Uh, but to just to be strict, to be strict on the fact that Paul is trying to make a point about being humble. He's trying to express in the in the letter to the Corinthian church. Remember, the Corinthian church was a very anointed anointed church. It was anointed people. They had uh, uh, many different talents and gifts, but they were carnal. The McConnell people. You spend some time in First Corinthians, and then you go into Second Corinthians. You're gonna find that Paul sent letters of rebuke to them a few times. But in this particular case, Paul was trying to uh, uh, help them to understand uh, in the letter to the fact that he had seen some amazing things, some glor- glorified things uh, that that he uh, that he experienced, whether it was in a vision. Uh, whether he was in in the body, out of the body experience, uh, Paul is saying he don't necessarily know, but he know he saw something. Come on, neighbor. Amen. And he said in verse four, he said how he was caught up into paradise. Do y'all see that right there? He was caught up into paradise. Now, here's the thing about that. Some Many people, uh, and I even said it myself, but I haven't done it yet, but uh, many people, uh, they, they, uh, God shows them visions, uh, sometimes visions of hell or visions of heaven. Uh, God opens up, you know, uh, their wall and, and, you know, things. He started giving them a panoramic vision. I, I've had that experience, a panoramic vision, the wall opened up in the hospital. God showed me different phases of my life uh, from, my, from my past, what what could be my present, and if I didn't make it the, the, the right choice, what was going to be my future, and those type of things. But but here's the thing. Some people take that experience, and, and they sell books. Some people take that experience, and they make movies. They try to make a lot of money off of, of that experience, uh, and I think they totally miss the opportunity there that souls would be one to Christ, and they can be broken even more in in their personal relationship with God to be healed. Because there's a lot of people making money off of books that still not healed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people making movies. Matter of fact, remember the uh, the Passion of Christ, uh, Mel Gibson, I believe, yep. made the movie. Uh, it was a powerful movie. He tried to actually he he would he he did what I would have did. He tried to get as close as he could to the original characters. Of, of that day and try to bring it to a contemporary, to to the viewers who were contemporary people like ourselves in today's time, even had their original language on the screen. Uh, and, and, and that was a powerful movie. And I believe that many people were brought to Christ mm-hmm. by the passion of Christ movie. Mm-hmm. Right. But here's the thing. Uh, his life was in a wreck. Come on, neighbor. You know, from drinking to drugging to uh, to uh, uh, destroy, uh, destructive marriage, all that was in a wreck. Uh, and, but but he 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 believed that the Lord told him to do that film, yeah. right? And and his, and his life, I think, even today is still in a wreck. But let me help you. Let me help you understand something. Uh, God would would never watch this. He he would never uh, put you in a position to use your gift that will push you to hell. Mm-hmm. Come on, neighbor. Mm-hmm. He will never put you in a position that, that will that will use your gift to push you into hell mm-hmm. if you are called individual of, of God. 
But see the thing, sometimes we can do things out of time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can do things in the flesh. Yeah. Come on, amen. Sometimes it's not that God didn't tell him to do it, but then it's, it, there's some things it, it requires a waiting period. And for us, it's a changing period. Yeah. You know, we, we must be changed. I, I say it all the time, even in our own church, you know, when it comes to ministering to people, sharing your faith, outreach, we can be fearful to, to Jesus come back about the fact that when I won't do this, I won't, I won't try to uh, do more ministry. I won't give more. I won't do all these things because I'm trying to get my life together. You know, the problem is we can't get our life together. We have to allow God to deliver us. And, and one of the biggest ways to allow God to deliver us and really give us the freedom that we should have is we got to release our own stinking thinking mm. and trust him and believe that he's going to keep us through the process. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, the biggest things that hinders believers today. And we're, we're afraid to death to share our faith. We're afraid to death to preach the gospel. We're afraid to death to invest, to start on businesses, to be able to help other people, to invest in younger people. We're afraid to do all that. And, and, and I know this to be a fact on, in many cases, because even uh, from my mother, my daddy, and some some of my, my grandparents and things of that nature, not not all of them, but, but you have that age of people even even young people today, they hoarding everything. You know, you know. It, it, even when it comes to knowledge, they hoarding everything, and and they're gonna take that one thing or two things they hoarding all the way to the grave. Never release it. Never share it. Never invest it. Never impart it. Come on, neighbor. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. Afraid that I'm gonna lose something, but we're gonna lose something if we never let go. Amen. We're going to always lose something if we never let go because it was never intended. It was never intended for us to hold on to the anointing, uh, uh, the anointed gift that God has given to us. Mm-hmm. It was God's desire, come on, neighbor, to share, right, that anointing. Mm-hmm. Look with Jesus. And it would look, look at the text, what the, um, uh, the people riddled Jesus about, and in, in, uh, I think it's in uh, John chapter 12. Turn to John chapter 12, if you will. Uh, John 12, <clears throat> and I know many of y'all, we read this in January uh, when we, we studied the book, book of John. Uh, but look what it says in John 12. Go to verse verse number 34, um, <clears throat> verse 33. Well, verse 30. Go to 30. We can better understand it. And Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now it is the judgment, now is the judgment of this world. Now the rule of this world will be cast out, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Now, now key, key verse, a key verse is verse 32. And I, Jesus, Yahshua, if he, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. There's two things going on with that, that phrase that Jesus just said. Hope you enjoyed today's message, part one of understanding the church's function. Make sure to visit our faith video version for the upcoming animated series of Bible studies with your pastor, Pastor Todd Polite. Thank you for being a valued covenant partner. Be blessed.